Welcome to the Misophonia Podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 10. My name is Adil Ahmad, and I have Misophonia. This week, my conversation is with Sadie. Sadie is a model, actress, and student, and introvert based in New York City. Really interesting to hear her coping tips while working in places that are much more, uh, you'd say, subjective and, and collaborative than your typical cubicle job or work-from-home job. This is also Sadie's first time talking about MISO with anyone outside family. So please, uh, you know, if you'd like to, if you'd like to show some support, um, you can follow her on Instagram at Miller and Sadie, and I'll have links in the show notes. And um, our Instagram, by the way, is Misophonia Podcast. Speaking of support, I hope all my American-based uh, listeners survived the Thanksgiving break. We're kind of in the um, kind of the holiday hurricane with Christmas coming up. So for some of us, there are lots of challenges with family and eating and lots of people around and eating and traveling and eating. So I wish everyone the best. And, and you know, just remember that you can always throw on some headphones and listen to a new episode every week. And there's some really amazing ones coming up. And speaking of amazing episodes, here is my conversation with Sadie. Sadie, welcome to the podcast. Good to have you here. Thank you for having me, actually. Yeah. Um, so you're. So I kind of see in the video a little bit. So you're not. You're not home. Where, whereabouts are you? Kind of usually. Usually based. Well, I actually go back and forth between New York City and Indiana, and sometimes Chicago, depending, and Cincinnati as well. So just kind of in between that little triangle, yeah. if you will. Little triangle, Midwest Northeast triangle. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and then you want to tell people kind of you know what you what you usually do. Well, I am an actress, model, and student right now. Um, I started college around actually the day that they announced that COVID, you know, they shut down all the flights and everything. And I was home oh. for a bit for a job and then they canceled all the flights. So I figured that day, since I wasn't going to the airport, they were enrolling, you know, online classes. So I just kind of drove over to my community college and decided to sign up and luckily it worked out. So cool. yeah, so far so okay. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took a couple gap years in between high school and college, so. Yeah. No, that's that's good. Never really that's good been my, my thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. And then, uh, and so you're in New York City doing actress modeling. Uh, how, how? I don't think I've ever. I, I think I've had actresses on, but I'm curious. Just in those fields, uh, we might as well start with like, what's the misophonia situation? Because <laughs> you're. I mean, there's uh, obviously a lot of auditioning you have to um you know you got to perform and but you know there's random people around just kind of setting shit up and and um probably eating on set and whatnot um yeah. and so okay. you know and you have to like you know you have to your demeanor can't really you can't start throwing death glares all the time right so no, no because it's you you know and if you act a little you know funky or rude or stingy people don't want to be around that and typically i've noticed throughout the years they're hiring you not just for you but for your personality and now these days right. of course now like the social media followers like throw are thrown in and all that jazz which i don't really understand but you know you always have to keep a pleasant face and you know be helpful and you know kind of match your personality to others but still be yourself at the same time which has been really hard to navigate throughout the years but you know i i feel like i've kind of just learned just to be more so myself and if i am in a situation where they start to break for lunch or like the 
makeup artist is smacking on gum, you know, that kind of thing. Then I just kind of learned that my go-to excuse is to be like, oh, I have to call my mom or, oh, you know, I have to check out on a flight or, oh, you know, just, oh, I have to call my agent about this, that, and I leave the room for a bit and take if I'm, you know, if it is during lunch hour, I'll take whatever it is I'm eating or just like a little something and just kind of cool off a little bit horrible but sometimes i fake a phone call just to you know get out of the room for a minute hey you gotta do what you gotta do i people are taking notes right now trust me they're that everyone's (laughs) gonna be using that that excuse um you know that's yeah that's great you gotta do what you gotta do to recover we know how you know it's the amplitudes of our triggers can be so crazy that you know we need to take some time off to just kind of get back and be productive and I guess in your yeah in your industry there's you know there's there's that whole diva label and we're you know we're super nice people but you don't want to you don't want to get thrown into that bucket because that could really oh. affect your career and it doesn't yeah. it's just not even accurate so you know no and it's a little frustrating because it's not nothing personal against the people right. that are in the room you know it's never ever personal right. it's just the way our brains work you know it's just the way our brain functions and that's what I have to tell myself. And I try not to be weird about it either. Because as a kid, you know, I didn't really know how to navigate triggers or noises. And I would react and, you know, kids don't really know how to act around them, you know, anyways. And, you know, they're not really, they're kids. And so being a kid surrounded by noises, I I didn't do that great. But for some reason on set, I always seem to collect myself. Probably because I had that hanging over my head that if I acted the way I usually did, then I wouldn't be hired ever again. So it always was my calm place. It was always my yeah. normal little haven. And so I think that if I did not have modeling, I would not really know how to. Oh, I so you, yeah, that's, so that's really interesting. So you kind of use it to your advantage. You kind of like try to think of it as your little refuge, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay. No, that's great. Cause that, yeah, that can kind of like, um, yeah, just help propel you in your in your work. Um, yeah. Just use that use that to be yeah if yeah people using their work as a uh, as a refuge. I mean that's that that's great. Um, and but any but you said that um, if you act how you normally act, like how do you normally act? Then <laughs> well, I act a lot better than when I did when I was younger. I'll tell you that. Okay. Yeah, sure. we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to yeah. that. Sure. But um, for the most part, now these days, I just I don't. I don't do what I did as a kid. I usually just kind of suffer in silence, which is, sounds horrible. And, you know, yeah, sorry, guys. You know, But yeah. um, I keep headphones with me at all times. I have like four pairs of wireless earbuds, um, two of me. You know, I have two of them with me at all times. Of course, if I'm on the subway or walking in the street, I only have one in just in case, you know, oh, something happens. Yeah, of course. Got to have one in and one out at For all times. safety. Time. Yeah, yeah, that's a good oh, tip. Yeah. So, but when it comes down to it, you know, earbuds are great. I discovered that earplugs aren't really my thing because I can still, it seems like as if my ears search for noises, unfortunately. So earplugs aren't really my my go-to. It's more so earbuds. And it's nice to have noise cancel out all the other noise. You know, if I'm listening to podcasts, sometimes it depends on the podcast, which is something I brought up to you as well, that your podcast is so nice because you cancel out, you know, all the swallows and triggers. And it, I appreciate I try that to, so yeah. much, so much. I cannot, you know, exaggerate that enough. 
but um, yeah, I think that with earbuds are nice. And when I was younger, I used to make tally marks, which sounds a little odd, but if I were in a room with somebody, I would, you know, if they were chewing gum or sniffing, especially with sniffing, I would make a tally mark for each time that they did it. And then when I would leave the room, I would look at all the tally marks and I'd count them up, count them all up. And typically show them to my mom and be like oh my gosh did you see how so how many times so and so sniffed and but I don't do that anymore I just kind of keep to myself and what did your mom say was did you hold that up as kind of like proof as to like you know look at what's happening to me like you know 263 times an hour it's like yeah. or whatever it was and it's, it's amazing how many times yeah. somebody can sniff or pop their gum in an hour let me tell you that but um, usually she would just roll her eyes at it, but it felt good to have some sort of evidence. And even though I know it wasn't helping me very much, it was just nice just to put it down in physical form. Yeah. I don't want to plug, well, I, I, I will slight plug it for the Mr. Funny Podcast app. We do, I do have like a journal where you can kind of like enter, you know, when you've been triggered, kind of whether it was like red or green or whatever. So in the hopes that, you know, Maybe not, maybe not for your mom, but uh, people can take it to their employer or a therapist to try to like prove that, you know, because people are, I'm hearing about people getting fired sometimes for the way they react to misphonia. So, and then going to court. So this, you know, I think, you know, things like even your tally, your tally sheet could maybe be used in the court of law one day, not yours in particular, but I think these right. things are um, useful to, do we need to sometimes document this stuff because people don't believe it. And uh, we'll, you know, sometimes roll eyes. Did your mom family eventually kind of um, figure out that, hey, this is real, maybe we should take this seriously? Yeah, it took them a few years for them to get used to it. Um, I first had my, I had my first episode that I can remember when I was around eight or seven. And usually at the supper table was when it would really come out. And it took my family a good while, especially my dad, because I would get on my dad the most um, his side of the family, they tend to chew and, you know, that sort of, they have their own way of eating and my family has their own way of eating and um, I would get on him the most about it. And I could tell that that really annoyed him to death and with my other siblings as well. And, you know, I feel so bad about it now that I look back on it, but I couldn't help it. Um, but it took him a good while just to get used to how I would react, which was yeah, yeah. the best way because I was seven or eight at the time and you know i didn't know how to react to things and like screaming they, throwing marching banging I, yeah banging i yeah. um every single time i would hear something you know like a chewing or if my brother would swallow really loud i would bang the table mm. um which sounds horrible you know now that i look back well, on it but at the time you know you don't know what I to would, do yeah yeah, you I would think to, everybody's thinking the same way. And uh, yeah, I would leave the room and I would go into the dining room or into our living room and just eat by myself. Or sometimes my family would just give up and just leave the table and just leave me sitting there, which didn't happen at you know often at all. Just very, very rarely when I was having a particularly bad day. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of banging on the table or a lot. Of, I would snap my fingers as well. Um, yeah. And eventually I learned to turn that into tally marks and then I just kind of sat on my hands. <laughs> yeah. Did you, and it was your dad kind of your first trigger that sounds like that side of the family? 
Um, yeah, and I, I remember hearing on your podcast you saying that typically it's the dad, if I'm correct, that usually sparks misophonia. I would, yeah, I right. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know uh, if typically it might be too strong a word, but it's definitely common. Yeah, in fact, yeah. Uh, just in the last 24 hours, I've talked to two or three people for the podcast. Wow, it's been the it's been the dad. Um, so that, that comes up a lot, but it's also often. I mean, it's it's like. Um, if you look at the probability, yeah, I would say parents are definitely the highest, and then, and then you know, there are there are some people where it's not a factor, but yeah, it seems to be the parents are tend more often than not are the first, and if it's one of the parents, it's usually the dad. <laughs> so, um, but it's, it's not uh, it's not hard or fast. Um, I think I mean I think that was the case for me. Uh, so, um, do you know around that time was there like anything? Um, out of the ordinary happening at home, stressful, um, maybe changing jobs or cities or, or uh, other problems at home, I, I don't know. No problems at home. The mm. first episode that I remember, I was in uh, my second grade classroom and we we're having a pizza party. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure for a lot of people that it sounds like a great time. Yeah. But for me, pizza parties and you know classroom birthdays were just nightmares because I... As a kid, when I, you know, before preschool or anything, I was very social. I would go up to anybody, anytime, and just chat away. And I had no problem with strangers. I just loved to talk and interact with other kids. And then I started school, and I, I'm not really one to go into like uh, depression or like anxiety or anything like that because that's just, you know, I'm very private, very private about that sort of thing. And you know, I don't want to be offensive or you know to people that have some serious cases of it but i had a little bit of undiagnosed but pretty strong social anxiety and i still do i'm a hardcore introvert um but in second grade i was having some trouble with other kids in my class um particularly you know with a few girls and that typical elementary school thing and um so at this pizza party, this kid next to me, you know, God love him, but he was just going to town on this pizza slice and I just broke down. And that's mm. when I had, and you know, that first realization that, you know, when it came down to chewing or sniffing or coughing or clicking or anything, yeah, I was a goner. So. And that was before, so that was really first before kind of your, you're you're noticing your dad and stuff like you yeah, remember that, that, would, that was cool. I, yeah i would say later on that night when i came home that's when i started to notice it yeah it's, and I, that I, i've heard that it's kind of been kind of a switch in some situations like that yeah, that's the um, best way i can describe it it was like a big switch and you know i haven't really been able to shift my mind back to where i yeah. was you know, before school but yeah it stayed that that way <laughs> yeah yeah and so you said it took a few years you know your parents to uh to kind of come around to it in the meantime were were um other things outside of the house also triggering you like you're you know you're in school was was school becoming also a problem as, as well in general yeah it was for sure i i was always kind of the oddball in my class anyway um but this did not help, you know, it really made me stand out. And I remember specifically this one time in around the fourth grade, I believe, I, a, a kid sitting across from me, uh, across the desk, he had this sniffing 
mm-hmm. problem and it just drove me nuts and I begged my teacher to let me bring in earplugs she let me bring in earplugs did not really help but on the outside you know with class with other kids it definitely had it, it took a toll for sure especially think- when it came down to like birthday parties and sleepovers I just couldn't I couldn't deal sometimes so you had friends that you were having sleepovers with and, and stuff. So it's not like you were totally blocked, blocked off, no, but, no. but then, so you'd be, yeah, I mean, you'd have friends, but then there would be situations kind of like with us, we are out in the world now and, you know, we have friends, but it's just like something happens. We need to recover. Um, so you were, you're experiencing that then like um, a little bit of oddball with friends, but uh, then you'd get triggered. Like doing basic kid stuff, yeah. Yeah, and it would was you just... say anything at that point? Like when I guess, um, so you never said anything. Did your uh, what did your parents start to do when they start to realize that it was a thing? They start to look look it up or find a therapist or anything or. Well, I did do therapy for a while when I was younger, mm-hmm. mostly for the classmate thing. You know, with girls, I, I always had a tough time making friends with other girls. I went to a very small school during elementary uh. school and you know, um, switched over middle school, luckily to a public school. But before then, I just had a few, um, you know, social anxiety, which I hate to say, because it's, you know, such a label in my in my mind, personally, but um, I just went to therapy just to deal with a few things. And luckily, she did help a, a little bit, we would talk about it for sure. But I don't remember any coping you know, because this was way back, you know, in the earlier 2000s. So it wasn't really a label yet. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't given the word misophonia. It was just seen as somebody who was just annoying or something. And gotcha. So you were going for social anxiety stuff, not related to misophonia, but then it would kind of come up in the conversation. Right. Yeah. And of course, you know, we thought it would tie in to me being, you know, shy and introverted and that sort of thing, but really it was just a completely different thing on gotcha. itself. Okay, okay. And then, like later on, as uh, after elementary school, you're you're into high school. Things are, um, you know, getting more serious. Like you know, school is getting more serious and whatnot. Uh, you're probably meeting more friends. And um, how did how did that progress? And people are getting more. They get a little bolder with eating in class and stuff. Yeah, so I'm curious. Uh, now, now your two years of gap year started to make a lot more sense. Uh, I think. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, how, how yeah, how, how are things? Uh, but the, we also tend to kind of like the our triggers kind of start to proliferate, where you start to get more and more things that you were sensitive to. Yeah, well, I throughout middle school and high school, that's when things started to really roll modeling wise with me. Um, mm. I did a lot of traveling as a kid with my parents and my siblings and. You know, we would be off in like Miami or New York or Chicago or L.A. for a few weeks on end. And that was kind of nice because it took me away from all of those triggers and all of those noises, but also took me away from friends as well. So when I came back home, I just came back home. I didn't really mm. go to any parties. <laughs> you know, now that I look back yeah. and I'm like, oh, gosh. But it was nice because when I would be on set, you know, miss the misophonia thing for the most part until lunchtime or break time or when somebody would bring out the gum or the coffee it just kind of went away and um luckily the main triggers that i dealt with were my families but in the 
school cafeteria, you know, I only had a few friends that I would sit with, so it didn't really bother me as much because I was used to the way they ate. But when my siblings would have their friends over, especially during, you know, if we were to go on family vacation and they were to bring their friends, that always made things a little bit more tough. And I remember just, you know, if they would bring out like chips and salsa or something, I'd be like, oh, well, I'm going (laughs) to go for a walk or I'm going to go on a run around the, you know, the, you know, hotel, whatever, and just kind of exclude myself in those situations. And luckily, you know, I always seemed to find an excuse to leave, but sometimes when I couldn't find an excuse, I just had to keep my mouth shut. And every once in a while I could feel myself wanting to snap or wanting to make a tie mark or, but you know, I can't spoil my, you know, (laughs) my vacation. So I would just kind of have to keep quiet. And then when they left the room, I would just be like, Oh, you know, I can't deal, you know, kind of take a big breath. You would never like start to put on earbuds or whatever while you're siblings or, No, my parents were very, um, you know, anti-technology when I was growing up. So, Mm. um, but only in recent years, if I'm in the car with my family and we're, you know, pulling over and getting something. For example, I was with my parents the other day and we're in the car and we're having, um, we did something for my birthday and we pulled over for ice cream. And then as we're leaving, my dad starts to, you know, go for the ice cream and luckily I had a few podcasts downloaded on my phone so I just popped in one earbud and just kind of slightly tucked my finger my ear you know and just kind of listened to their conversation and kind of listened to my podcast at the same time just to keep sane right yeah no that's that's good to keep keep a little bit of a balance but yeah but don't feel like you're completely um isolated from, from right. what's happening in the car what, did your family members like your your siblings ever kind of tease you about it like start to mock it and you know oh, use it against yeah. you i'm from a very big family and um i'm the middle kid <laughs> i mm. i was nicknamed baby sadie as a little kid <laughs> you know um if that can like summarize my relationship with my siblings for you um but they definitely poked fun at it sometimes and i it, it's understandable because they didn't really understand it. You know, we were young yeah. we were kids and uh, luckily now they're starting to understand it a bit more and more. And I've noticed even with a few of my siblings, they're starting to pick up the same, yeah. you know, feelings towards people chewing and sniffing, not as strong, but they're starting to just kind of understand it a little bit more. Interesting. Oh, understand it. Or do you feel like maybe they, they might be exhibiting symptoms of something that maybe a little could, bit of symptoms, yeah but mostly just understanding gotcha well that's good uh, yeah. uh uh do you um well do, so do you guys talk about it by name like this funny you know, amongst your family or is it just something that you kind of like try not to shine a spotlight on <laughs> yeah well um it's kind of we've never given it a name until recently which i would say about two or three years ago mm. i just googled it just to see you know, um, if there had been any sort of update on okay. what we have. And it gave me the name of misophonia. And I remember screenshotting it and sending it to my entire family. And I just kept on repeating, like, oh, it's misophonia. And then I would, I was like, am I pronouncing that correctly? Is it misophonia? 
or misophonia, you know, just playing around with oh, it. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. And, um, so it was so nice to put a label on it, but it was always kind of like the big elephant in the room, but we'd never hadn't, we always just called it Sadie's thing. Uh huh. Sadie's gotcha. problem. Um, but they've learned to cope with it. And so have I. So they've been troopers. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so what happens usually is, uh, I guess, yeah, things happen at the home or whatever. And then after college, well, I guess you're in college. After college or during college, for a lot of people, it kind of like, I don't know, dies down a little bit and then it kind of proliferates later. Like, wh wh how has it been for you? Because you're also working now. So it's kind of like you're, you're out in the world. That's kind of when things start to pick back up for people, it seems. Uh, these days, like, yeah, how, how kind of, how is it for you? You're kind of on your own. Generally. Well, um, I, living in New York has been okay, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm so constantly surrounded by people. Even when you're not alone, you know, even when you think you're alone, you're not alone. And right. um, I started working in a restaurant about, you know, this past summer in June, I would say. And I was a hostess. And recently, everybody left the restaurant because the management wasn't that great. But, um, <laughs> but um, it was just a little bit tough for me, you know, just dealing with a new crowd of people that would come in and sit down and, you know, eat the way that they wanted to eat. Um, that was always a little bit tough. Right. Uh, but for the most part, I've learned just to, you know, pick up um, good tactics, you know, dealing with it. And I've, I think I've handled it pretty well. I mean, there is a lot, probably a lot of background noise in general, right, to New York. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, definitely the streets are never quiet. So it's not like you're in silence and hearing. But you're taking a subway and stuff. So sometimes you're like in an enclosed environment and you just can't. Uh, can't deal. Um, and if you have visual triggers, I mean, subways can be rough, I can imagine, right? So, yeah. well, first of all, do you have like uh, misokinesia, which is kind of the, the visual trigger aspect of this? A little bit. Um, yeah. If I see somebody, um, for example, my mom has this thing with her nails, and so does my grandma. They both tend to constantly pick at their nails like this, um, just constantly flicking their nails. You know, they have very good, healthy, strong nails, but they're always picking at them. And whenever I see it, I have to, you know, reach over and be like, yeah. nails down, you know. Um, same people chew gum that sort of thing that's always bothered me um, typically I just keep very tunnel visioned and yeah. always make sure yeah. that my phone is charged and my earbuds are charged right. <laughs> and right. when they're not charged oh boy yeah also you have hard. so many of them right yeah. I recommend and keeping some something wired to you just, just in case oh I that's have it. like six batteries with me at all times <laughs> So, or a book, you know, I feel like yeah. if I have something to look and check out and just, I've learned to kind of focus on other sounds or other visuals and just kind of breathe through it and, and yep. wait until the subway ride or what have you, you know, wherever I am is just over. You know, if I'm standing in line at the grocery store, anything. Right, 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 right. And so yeah, in New York, have you met other misophones? No. I have not. No, okay. I have not. I, I haven't met anybody, honestly. Yeah. I've only, this is, you're the very first person I've ever really talked to about it for the past, since I was eight or seven, besides yeah. my mom and besides my old therapist. 
Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're not the only one. There's, uh, ever since I started this, there's been lots of people who've come on and just said, uh, this is the first time I've, you know, uttered these words out loud, like beyond just Googling for it and kind of yeah. you know, reading about it. So, um, and that's what this is kind of for, you know, it's like, there's, you know, there's, there's like Facebook groups and whatnot, but it's just kind of like, it ends up being a kind of a free for all of ranting and you don't really get to kind of like dive in and see how similar our situ- our backgrounds can, are, at least in this regard, you know, yeah. no matter where we come from or whatever, it's kind of, uh, and that's strange. something I really appreciated about your podcast, just listening to other people talk about it and just being like, oh, thank God, you know, just, it gave me some breathing space a little bit. And I didn't even know that there was a convention for it, which I think sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's I been virtual the last couple of years, but uh, but the, the in-person one, it sounds like, oh my gosh, it's going to be a nightmare. But they yeah. pick like, uh, they pick it's all like soft muffins and hard boiled eggs and, you know, for the food. And then you can just kind of go wherever you want. It's And then it's these conversations, like the kind of the lounge conversations that are the best part of it. And that's when you're like, holy cow. It's like you talk to somebody, it's like, I feel like I know like half of your life already because we've suffered the same way. You know, we've been in the same pizza parties and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah. And it just it makes me feel like as if, you know, like I can breathe a little bit more and that I'm just, it's not just me, you know, and I right. think it's just, it's so nice. And when I came across your podcast, I honestly texted my parents about it. I texted my grandparents about it. I was just like, it's not just me. <laughs> There's an yeah, entire yeah, yeah. community out there. And I was just over the moon. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm hearing that it is helping people. So that's, it's just great to hear that. Um, while we wait for, you know, research and better therapies to come out. Um, so other than, yeah, I mean, speaking of like other coping tips, do you have any other like kind of go-tos, um, that are, I don't know, either your own or, or even just the common ones, um, you kind of hit all the major ones. Yeah. The go-tos like the Holy Trinity, which is like earbuds, book, and, you know, dividing yourself and leaving the room. But um, I would say, I don't really, if you're just starting to roll into misophonia and just starting to notice, you know, you're picking up on all the symptoms, um, instead of snapping or clapping or banging or anything like that, I do recommend the tally marks just because it gives you, of course, I don't think it would be the best idea to constantly like make eye contact with the person as you're making their tally marks <laughs> or anything that's a little right. intense. Um, but just give them the sheet of paper as you leave the room and tell them don't do this again. <laughs> just slide it across the table <laughs> yes. and don't even say anything. Right. <laughs> just hope they figure it out themselves. No, it's just it's a nice silent way just to kind of let out that tension in your brain. Because for me, it's always been not necessarily anger, but more so almost like a fly buzzing in your ear. And you just it's almost like a full body fight or flight response. And it's almost painful in a sense in your brain. And so the tally marks help. Um, I would say, hmm, as long as if you're in school, as long as you tell your teacher about it, if you're like in middle school, high school, as long as somebody is aware, like yeah. a school counselor or something, I feel like that definitely helps. Um, did you do that in uh, high school? I did. did. you try to get accommodations? Yeah, how did I that did. go? They, they would put me in a separate room for tests and 
things like that. And yeah. thank goodness that they did because, you know, kids are, when they take tests, you know, they get irritated or, you know, start tapping that pencil or what have you. And so I would always be put in a separate room and I wouldn't tell anybody like, Hey everybody, I'm going to go to my separate room now. I would just get up and go. And luckily that worked out very, very well. Um, it's never been great that, at school anyway, but that definitely helped <laughs> for sure. sure. As long as somebody knows, um, and I recommend the fake phone call thing as well. That definitely helps. Or I just need to use the restroom. Um, it can be very lonely sometimes, but you know, it, sometimes it's your only saving grace. I've discovered yeah. me personally. Everybody's different. Uh, yeah, no, that's great. The fake phone call. I had not thought of that. That's uh, that's a good one. Um, and you're in college. Uh, are you, do you go in person? Uh, uh, are you taking, you're taking it, some classes, right? Or, or, yeah. are you full, are you, um, or are you trying to get a, a like, are you a full time at a, at a college wall? So doing, doing work and I've, I've taken it mostly all online so far. Okay. Because gotcha. Constantly, you know, I'll have to be like in New York Traveling or Chicago or, or, you know, North, you know, anywhere. And so it's kind of nice just to have those classes online and then I don't have to deal with yeah. the classroom distractions or anything like that. And um, that can be a little bit lonely sometimes too, because I want to learn, I want to have that college experience, but I much prefer the path that I'm taking mm -hmm. just because that's always been the path I've wanted. So um, I'm doing general studies right now. And then I hope to transfer those college credits over to hopefully New York school yeah. uh, when the time comes. And I kind of balance, you know, I've, thought about fashion for a long time but then I thought no you know that doesn't sound like something I would really want to have a degree in I would much prefer doing something like English or architecture or architecture history something like that yeah. I think yeah. that would be more up my alley so to speak right the reason why I asked oh, now there's a bit of an echo I don't probably me but um yeah the reason why i asked about college was uh because there have been i know at ucla there was a past guest who had who started like a misophonia support group and has been kind of slowly growing it and uh, it's the first time i'd heard of that so um yeah. it's something that i always kind of recommend to to, to people in in college um it's probably easier to do when you're in person to kind of like you know get a room or whatever and and, and invite a bunch of people but uh there might be a way to you know um meet some more students because i'm sure there are a bunch who are suffering in silence and who don't even know it has a name and yeah. are just sitting there telling <laughs> telling things at the back of uh psych 101 or whatever yeah oh that's really nice to hear honestly because growing up i'm from a very small town so for other kids you know i i could tell that a few people saw my tally marks. I know that a couple of kids saw my tally marks and just didn't you know what they were. You want them to see it. I'm sure you kind of yeah. like made it a little bit obvious to Oof. get the point across. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just, I mean, you know, I was like 10 at the time, but uh, it's nice to hear that people are actually somewhat banding together and making more of a community out of it. I wish I had that growing up for sure. Yeah. No, I, I kind of uh, optimistic, right? even though we, we're not going to get, we're not going to get a cure anytime soon or, or, or yeah. a huge or hugely rev revolutionary therapy but uh but yeah it's good to see that that kids are hopefully more aware and are able to band together um so yeah yeah it's interesting so the and yeah maybe as we start to wrap up yeah you're talking about your uh future career goals and uh are you thinking also 
not just things you like, but probably in terms of like what is the most miso friendly. Like, you know, yeah. you can kind of uh, um, you don't probably don't want to be in an open office environment. Uh, in, in... Um, I've been studying. I just started to study acting, um, and I've noticed that with the misophonia, that's starting to kick in, kick in a little bit because mm-hmm. I deal a lot with like theater people and singers, and when it comes down to people with that Broadway background or singing background, they use their voice a lot. They swallow a certain way. Okay. And I never really thought about that until I started to take my first acting class um, at a studio in New York. And, you know, I just, or, you know, if I would do to a rehearsal group with a couple of friends, you know, I just never noticed it until I took my first class. And I just, thought can I handle this can I do this can I be surrounded by Broadway people and singers but luckily so far you know I just kind of wait for them to take a sip out of their cup and then they continue on and yeah you know so um but do they kind of clear their throat to get things ready or just a lot of throat exercises probably right because they're like yeah okay yeah and to know (laughs) it's taken more of a toll than modeling for sure um, but I just tell myself, you know, it's only for a few seconds and then we move on. You know, it has nothing to do with them. <laughs> Let's just keep going and everything will be fine. But um, in terms of with misophonia k- kicking in career wise, um, I can't ever escape it, you know, um, no matter how hard I try, right. uh, unfortunately. And um, that's just the reality of it. And I'd much rather do something that I'm happy, that makes me happy, instead of just sacrificing my happiness just to work by myself. Um, I thought about architecture history just because I love old buildings and, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the history behind buildings and the art behind it. But um, what I really want to do is to continue acting and modeling as long as those industries will have me. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's um, uh, no, that, that's that's really good. That's uh, kind of it's a good way to think about uh, what you want to do in the future and and what you want, like how much you want misophonia to to affect it. Because um, yeah, you're right; it's not going to go away. So let's let's plan ahead for kind of how we're gonna how we're gonna manage that. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, have you so you just started to take some acting classes? Have you gotten any like jobs yet in, in terms of? Uh, like, are you on the next uh, tour of Hamilton yet? Or, uh... No, no. Um, I actually just kind of fell into acting accidentally about a few years ago, mm-hmm. and right before I moved to New York. And um, I'm just, I'm very, very, very green to it, like super okay. green. Um, and I really enjoy it. Luckily, I fall into the hands of some really sweet and very, you know, talented people that have kind of guided me because. I need all the guidance I can get when it comes down to this industry. Uh, but it, so far, so good. Um, cool, cool. I, yeah. I've started to do auditions recently this past year, and all of them have been, um, you know, by video and submitting right. on, online and that sort of thing. So I'm very eager to see what an in-person casting is like. Yeah, gotcha. Very, very well, good. At least while you're, I mean, while you're, while you're, while you're starting to do that, at least maybe you can get some uh, modeling jobs with Christina, who is a past guest, and you guys can just kind of make a nice 
you know, do your jobs, so you'll be super quiet, obviously, and then you can kind of like kind of commiserate on the misophonia stuff. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, um, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, maybe it's uh, time to kind of wrap up. But is there anything else you kind of want to share with people um, who, are, who are listening? Um, well, I think a lot of, I, I'm guessing a lot of your listeners are people with misophonia or have somebody that they know with misophonia. And um, for you as well, it's just, it's so nice just to like talk to somebody mm-hmm. who's gone through it. And you're the first person, like I said, that has, you know, that also has it that I've ever talked to. And it just kind of takes a big weight off my chest. And it's just, I'm very thankful to know that there's something out there that people can turn to and just talk to about it. And um, I hope one day that there'll be more research on it and, you know, Thank God that they finally put a, you know, a name to it. And I'm very grateful towards that. In fact, my mom came up to me the other day. She watches Longmire. Have you ever seen it? Uh, I don't think so. Is that a show on like a Netflix kind of thing? Or Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's about like a sheriff out in Wyoming. <laughs> and so yeah, she yeah. loved that show. And I guess one of the bad guys on, on an episode was freaking out. Um, and he's like, you know, if you stop tapping, I have misophonia. It's a real thing. Look it up. And she oh. came over and she played it for me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It was so it was nice to see it, like, out and on a Netflix show. There and, was another Netflix show that it's, that yeah, it got, apparently got mentioned recently. But uh, I need to I need to check that out as well. So it's starting to it's starting to appear, in, uh, yeah, in various places. So, well, that's the other thing that I'm hoping that. Um, so, I mean, my focus, honestly, is, like, especially talking to people, is, like, getting up us misophones to talk more to each other about it because the more stories i hear the more i'm like we need to like we need to kind of take care of ourselves first i mean we need to do the awareness but i had no idea how like deep some of these problems are and uh how the you know how many people are affected by it but i think yeah like getting it out in the world um and having people just not look at us weird when we ask for you know Um a basic accommodation would be would be huge because you as you know i'm as i'm sure you know stress is a major factor right so if we can just be in a situation where okay we might be getting triggered but we don't have to stress out about it getting worse but we can just tell somebody to knock it off and they won't be offended by it i think that would just generally make us less prone to be triggered in the first place and that could be a virtuous cycle Right. Have you picked up any sort of like techniques or anything like that? Do you tend to have a lot of stress yourself or have you come um, up very many coping things with when it comes down to stress? Yeah, when it comes down, I mean, it's kind of the basic stuff like um, sleep is a big factor. Um, being honestly like um, it just having, I don't know, having like a steady job. It's, it must be tough if you have like a more irregular income because it's like i think when you're you know when you're stressing about money that could that's a major stressor that could be just make you a tense uh going into like meals and thinking in advance like reminding your brain that okay you know a meal doesn't last more than usually 20 30 minutes you can kind of time box it that way and that can kind of like get you through um that's another thing just having earbuds around and not necessarily like taking them out but just having them within arm's reach is you know uh just it's just kind of that crutch that you can kind of like your brain can 
now feel like okay i'm not going to die in some you know, something somebody's not going to come and attack me after they start chewing kind of thing you know because that's what our brains are telling us is like you're about to die <laughs> so um yeah so those are those are kind of yeah those are you know little things to kind of reduce stress um but the other thing is it's like it, i also started to remind myself if i act out that's going to make this the situation more stressful so do you want it to get worse or do you want to just like bottle it up i mean that's not necessarily a healthy thing either but it's just like um a lot of people come on and say like you know we want to say something to the person but it's like we've all been like uh dissed so many times that it's just like is it worth it you know and yeah. so we kind of so and then they start to you know as soon as they like bring out you know whatever it is like a piece of gum or start to you know do whatever it is that triggers you they're like oh sorry i can't do that you're in the you know and it, it, oh it's yeah almost to the point where it gets a little irritating um pretty well, recently, that's yeah sorry go on Sorry, um, pretty recently I had, you know, a family member say, well, you're diseased. And so I, you know, can't deal with the fact that you're diseased. And that struck me pretty, you know, it struck a chord for sure, because it's not a disease. It's it's just, you know, our brains are, you know, that's just the way it works for us. And, um, you know, sometimes I just think to myself, you know, if this person has such an issue with it, do I really want to be around that person anyway? You know, so mm -hmm. in a strange way, when I try to put a spin on it and a positive spin on it, I'm like, well, then it just goes to show me, you know, that person's character, which um, it sounds a little ridiculous, but sometimes you just have to learn how to put a positive spin on these. Yeah, well, we, I mean, we, we, we make friends with people for one reason or, or another. And we don't make friends with other people for one reason or another, and this is as valid as any other reason. Yeah. Even 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 though their family is just well, I mean, you don't have to shut them out, but you can kind of, in my mind, I definitely say, okay, I'm recalibrating this relationship now. Like if that's going to be the interaction, because as you know, I mean, it's, it re interactions like that lead to all this. Um, there's a lot of shame and guilt that kind of builds up, right? Because we yeah. we bottle things up, we get told all this stuff by family members. And then we feel bad for making other people feel bad. And it's just, that's it, a cycle that is not really healthy, but we've, you know, we've all kind of grown up with it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel my heart goes out to other people that deal with it too, because it's, it's just a lot. It's a lot that weighs down on a person and it's not easy at all. And so I'm very eager to see, you know, as time goes on, just what, people will discover about it and what, what people, you know, will start to, if there will be a, um, you know, a solution or a pill. something. A pill. <laughs> no, it'll, it'll be more like a, nice. a, it's probably more like a therapy. Right. These days, I guess, uh, CBT is kind of the, the therapy of choice. Uh, I, I looked up some things about it and I, I don't want to say anything that might like trigger anybody. Um, you know, trust me, I don't. But I, I saw that there was like some research they had um, when they first started to put everything together with misophonia. They put people in like a room and put like headphones on and then thought that they could get the misophonia out of a person by constantly playing their triggers, you know, in their ears and just being like, we'll do like intense therapy. And I just can't imagine that's my idea of pure torture right yeah, there. You know, like Chinese, 
yeah. what's it called, like Japanese or Chinese torture, like the water torture sort of thing. To me, yeah. that's true torture. Yeah, I know that's exposure theory. That's like that's like um, that's like medieval stuff. But that's yeah. like it's it's as recent as like as some as some of it I think is still going on. But that's like what all people could think of like five ten years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, uh, no, no. These days, it's more about kind of like rational. Like I think what you were you you said at some point earlier, just rationalizing. Like it's not. Um, you know, here's the reason behind this sound. It's not here to hurt me kind of thing. These are the yeah. kinds of um, tools that, that if you go to a, you know, if you throw money down to a therapist, this is uh, a CBT therapist, uh, they'll obviously do it in a much uh, uh, much more sophisticated way. But this kind of rationalizing and, and kind of thinking about your reframing your thoughts is kind of so far the best way. And you don't have to be exposed to any, right. any sounds in your headphones. Um, Right. So, well, cool. Uh, yeah. Well, Sadie, how how did how did the interview feel? <laughs> Hopefully, I, I feel like I good. ramble a little bit, but no. thank you for well, having me anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is great, and uh, yeah, I wish you the best in um, yeah school, <laughs> acting, modeling, all that stuff. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it was great to have you on. I really appreciate it, big time. Very grateful towards you, and I'm grateful for what you're doing. Trust me. Thank you, Sadie. Super nice to talk to you. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a quick review or just hit the five stars wherever you listen to this podcast. You can contact me by email at hello at misophoniapodcast.com or go to the website, misophoniapodcast.com. And, you know, it's even easier to just send a message on Instagram at misophoniapodcast or on Facebook, also at misophoniapodcast. And on Twitter, it's a little different. It's misophonia show. Um, you can support the show financially if you can by visiting our Patreon at patreon.com slash misophonia podcast. Thank you. Music as always is by Moby. And until next week, wishing you peace and quiet.